Welcome to the Dad's Rank Things Podcast, a definitive ranking of the most indefinite things, from the commonsensical to the outright outrageous. Just two dads speaking their minds, or what's left of them. Welcome to episode 19 of Dad's Rank Things. I'm Jones. I'm Tyler. And today we kick it off with one of your guys' suggestions about the best movie soundtracks of all time. Now, a lot of times when you're watching a movie and you hear the song, you think this is pretty kick-ass. Now, but what movie has the best songs of all time? Yeah, I think there were a, a lot of different ways to look at this. Uh, just looking from some of your Facebook comments, some of you went with a good quality score. Uh, other went, others went with a collaboration of different songs that you might think, I don't remember hearing that in the movie. Right. Doesn't matter, it's just still on the, the cool soundtrack. <laughs> the album. Uh, and then some of you fused the two together with your answers. So I did have new, I did have nuances though. I will say I didn't do any scores. Um, I mean, having okay. a good quality score to me isn't necessarily something I want to listen to over and over again. It might be catchy in a movie and make you feel emotions, but I don't know if that's necessarily a, a great soundtrack. So I actually think that we could do a separate ranking for sco- movie scores. That's true. The best movie scores. And I went, uh, weirdly, I went the same way. Same way? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I really left scores out of it mm-hmm. and, and went with just soundtracks. And I'll explain kind of my uh, approach to this, you know, when it's my turn. Okay. I'll start with my number three, and that's Space Jam. Left, oh. if you will, but released in 1996. This was uh, had some jock jams on there yeah. uh, with, with the original track Space Jam. Now, I believe I can fly, say what you will about oh, R. Kelly nowadays, yeah. but that, that was a classic. A classic tune. It, it was the headliner on that soundtrack because that's one that everybody knows. But I will say Seals Fly Like an Eagle, which was the first track on there. Oh, good, good this jam. whole CD is, believe it or not, the one that I've listened to the most out of any musical collection in my lifetime. As far as soundtracks go, or just in general? in general. The CD I played on repeat in my teenage years, so I memorized the entire thing, including Hit 'Em High. There could be worse songs, or worse soundtracks you listen to on repeat, I guess. I I will say Hit 'Em High was like the monsters of 90s rap. It had Coolio, L Cool J, Busta Rhymes. Yeah, uh, all-star And Method Man, so all of them. Oh wow, Method was on there. Yeah. No cursing? Oh, it had cursing. Okay. <laughs> that was the one you could get away with. Uh, ass was in there. Okay, that's fair no, enough. No f f bombs. Fair just, enough. Just ass. All right. Well, so uh, the way I ended up approaching it was I have a lot of soundtracks where I like like every song on the on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I thought to myself, am I just liking these songs because they stand alone? And then I was like, yeah. So I ended up going with my my best three. Are like these movies would not survive without the soundtrack. Okay. They w- it would not exist. Now, I'll also preface this: I am not a musical guy. Okay, so you're not gonna get like um, Mary Poppins in there or something. Yeah. Not for this guy. All right. They're pretty close. The ones I chose, though. Sorry. So, uh, number three for me is Footloose. Okay. Uh, I, I once again, I don't think the movie exists without the the soundtrack behind it. Kenny mm-hmm. Loggins. Uh, it was fantastic. Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah. Uh, my my sister made me dance to that song. I think because I was a boy, but she often. <laughs> didn't dress me that way um and then holding out for a hero you know there's just a it it Mm -hmm. it, it gave the pace to the movie and that's uh, one of the reasons i went that way number two same thing uh i'm pretty sure it got suggested on our facebook page but dirty dancing oh Uh, it, it the movie doesn't exist without the soundtrack i've had the time of my life was the build up song throughout the movie to the big climax it it was 
the movie. That song, that movie bombed if that song sucked. And it didn't suck. It was a great movie. And it was a great song. And Patrick Swayze sings on the soundtrack, for God's sake. Really? Swayze. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he sings, um, uh, what does he sing? She's Like the Wind. Hmm. She's like doing. If you haven't heard, see a lot of people do exactly what you did. He sings that. Yeah, that's Swayze people. He, he doesn't look like a singer. <laughs> He's not. A, he doesn't look like a dancer either. But he he can move. He can. He can. I, he I can. didn't notice the first two selections were dancing movies. Does that have something <sighs> to do with it? Yeah, yeah kind of. I guess you, know, you can't have a dancing movie without music, without music right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, my number two does include the guy you just mentioned with Kenny Loggins. It's Top Gun. So, Top Gun, of course, the main one we all want to hear. Danger Zone. Yes, Highway to the Danger Zone. <laughs> um, that's the main song on the album, but if you listen to it, it's just like a classic 80s rock playlist. I mean, that, that thing you listen from start to finish, and you'll get a taste in your earbuds what the 80s was. And they have a, does that soundtrack have a couple scores? Like, oh, yeah. They like tracks yeah. like 11 through 14 or whatever. Right, it's just the music playing in the background, but yeah, I think it's like tracks I, I, I don't mind. 10. I don't mind the Top Gun score. I think it's an okay score. Obviously, not one of the best of all time, but it's a it's a quality, recognizable score. And I'm thinking of eras to like you know, Space Jam was personal because I listened to it so much. Top Gun is like quintessential '80s. That's that's what it is. If, if you grew up in the '80s and you saw that movie, you, in I mean, fact, I have a a story from the '80s. Uh, our lo local uh, roller rink, there. Uh, speed skate song was Highway to the Danger Zone. So, <laughs> like, for me, every time I hear that, I picture like nine year old Tyler just pumping, <laughs> like, as hard as I can go, like, come on, like, getting beat by the 13 year olds, but still giving it my all. That was that was me. Do you have a bad crash story to tell? No, I was I was you a decent good? skater. I would not take any risks. Hmm. Did uh, you go backwards? I couldn't go backwards. No. Um, and Oftentimes, uh, there was this girl, every time I went there, she would want me to like go uh, make out with her behind the Galactica machine. He's making that up now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't remember her name. Maybe Stacy or something. She was a blonde-haired chick. Invisible. Uh, I, was, I was nervous. I uh, didn't really want to. She always asked me to do the moonlight skate, but she'd have to skate backwards because I couldn't. <laughs> oh, nostalgia. My number one will take you back to, and that's the bodyguard. So this is the oh, most great successful great soundtrack choice. of all time because it great sold choice. 45 million records worldwide. It won Best Album of the Year, surprise or not. It was the, was the Grammy Award winner that year, yeah. uh, 1992. And it's also like a Whitney Houston Greatest Hits album because right. not only does it have I Will Always Love You, which everybody knows it from, but also it has I Have Nothing, I'm Every Woman, oh, and wow. Run To You. Fun fact. And it has Lovely Day. Lovely Day. Yeah, has Lovely that too. Day. Fun fact, Elvis wanted to do I Will Always Love You because it was originally Dolly Parton's, mm -hmm. but he wanted too much money. So he couldn't do it. Greedy, so that's the reason why we have the Whitney Houston. That's the reason why we have the Whitney Thank God we have yeah, the no Whitney Houston. <laughs> Think if it was Elvis doing that. It's, it's amazing. No, no disrespect to you, Elvis. You know, but <laughs> Vocal range. Whitney's coming at it. Uh, my number one is uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So once again, uh, first of all, you know, bluegrass is a very unique style of music. Love it or hate uh, it. I love it or hate it. I feel like uh, those uh, good quality music aficionados would appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, and then to be able to basically, once again, tie the movie around uh, a bunch of really cool songs. Man of Constant Sorrow, obviously, the, yep. the, the backbone to that, uh, to that whole soundtrack. Um, but uh, Alison Krauss... Um, was fantastic. She's featured on there two or three times. A lot of people don't know the Soggy Bottom Boys uh, 
actually is Alison Krauss's band. So her band is mm-hmm. Alison Krauss and Union Station. That like when they tour, mm-hmm. that's the name of the band. So they just kind of I don't know if it was maybe all the members of the band. It was definitely the like the lead singer of Union Station. He did the voice for uh, George Clooney's character in the movie. Oh, it wasn't George Clooney. It was not. And it, you, sometimes if you like Google that, you realize it's not George Clooney. He does not sing at all. Yeah, it, it's this guy. But there's other like just really unique. Uh, bluegrass songs like uh, Big Rock, Candy Mountain, uh, You Are My Sunshine, which mm-hmm. everyone knows, Down by the River, I'll Fly Away, mm-hmm. like a lot of just classic songs that I think there's a generation lost sometimes in like those classic songs. So to be able to bring those back, and if you've never seen the movie, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's, it's an awesome movie. So that's my number one. Who knew? Clooney can't pipe, but Swayze can. <laughs> So growing up, this is going to throw it back to the nostalgia. We watched a lot of MTV. Now, this wasn't when they played music videos 24-7, but this is when they first started scripted series and other things that you could watch for 30 minutes but not be music videos. Yeah, and recently uh, the MTV uh, Video Music Awards, the VMAs, happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Missy Elliott came out, and yeah. she had the, the, the Allison Stoner, yeah. the girl that danced in, in her video, and mm-hmm. apparently she's still good at dancing. Killed it! Shocker. <laughs> uh, so that that uh, that got Jones and I thinking, you know, like, man, MTV's been around a while, because, like, Missy Elliott, and that, that girl was, like, this big yeah. when we were watching her. So uh, to see that, we were like, hey, you know, let's think back. What are the top three MTV shows. And it used to be quality entertainment, just like you're watching SNL today, and it says they don't make them like they yeah, used to. And MTV I, shows, they've fallen off a long way from what they used they to They have. Be. And I actually am disappointed like with my with my top shows that I chose. Really? I am. I'm just like, God, I'm so cliche. Uh, you know, because I had to think, like, what did I watch the most on MTV? That has to be it. Like, that's what I like the right. most. That's what I watch the most. So right. I, I, I ranked mine by consumption. And so I start with me with Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I have to. Uh, anyone, of course, our age has, has done a Butthead impression, has done a Beavis impression, has put their shirt over their head and called themselves Cornholio. I'm guilty of all of these things. Uh, so I think they, they had over 200 episodes they tried to revamp it recently yeah it just didn't didn't take it didn't take what do you Um, think about the rewatchability now that you go back do do you still think it's it's funny yeah i I do i kind of do still like still 13 years old like in a dumb way i'm like i would still laugh at some of the jokes i just i can't help it my my number three is beavis and butthead (laughs) my number three is uh, i guess stupid still it's jackass Okay. So these guys came from nothing. A few yeah. home videos, shaky cameras, and now they're multi-millionaires for, for doing just With concussions. Dumb, dumb stuff. That's all they did, just dumb shit, and they filmed themselves. Yeah. So they had only three seasons on MTV. That's but it all led, it was? Yeah, only had three seasons, but it led to six movies, mm. a video game, and they've done tons of different spinoff shows, too. Six movies? Yeah, six movies. Are they all Jackass. called Jackass? Yeah. In some version or another, one, 1.5, two. It's like G- Jackass, right. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what Bam Show was. So Bam, Bam had a spinoff. Steve-O had a spinoff. The Wild Boys, Chris, they yeah. had this, the spinoffs. There's all kinds of spinoffs in there. I didn't know and that... Johnny Knoxville became mainstream yeah, actor. He actually was a movie star for a little bit. In about a two-year yeah. window, he was making $10 million yeah. for film. So um, I didn't realize that his real name, Johnny Knoxville, is not Johnny Knoxville. What? It's Philip John Clapp. Yeah, that's not. Doesn't have the same ring to it. Not if you're in a a jackass crew. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Got to be a little bit wilder than that. My number two is MTV Cribs. 
Oh yeah, cribs. So this is one thing that you got a personal glimpse into somebody's house, of course. They take you behind the scenes where the magic happens was the big buzzword. Uh, Jewel was actually the first Rock star on the TV Cribs. Rock star. I'm using that Jewel is the first one that I, ever he uses that term lightly. <laughs> um, some famous people that had fake cribs, though, they actually got in trouble because of this. Kim Kardashian, she showed her aunt's house instead of her house. Uh, 50 Cent, and then a the little known. Come on, Fitty! Do you know JoJo? Remember JoJo? Uh, the yeah. Artist? The sing she, girl singer. She actually didn't have a house whenever she was featured. She Did you, do you remember house. seeing uh, Stifler's? Yeah. It was like his apartment with like three other dudes. It yeah. was like smaller than this basement. A lot of those rappers too, like like Redman's episode, his was just like his group. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of groupies. It was like just an orgy I, of people in, I, the, in, the, in the crib. I was always um, amazed by their refrigerator organization. Yeah, that was like still to this day. Those are like fridge goals, and and the uh, garage, how they set up their garage. If they had oh, multiple always cars, nice. always nice. Like the yeah. bikes and stuff, all those guys would have. Yeah, we um, need, we need that organization in our <laughs> lives. So my number two is real world. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I was never a road rules guy. Me neither. Uh, only the real world. Uh, it ran from '92 to to 2017. 1992, Whew. 2017. That's that's how that's a long time. I wonder how those original people are doing now. <laughs> well, I, I researched it. Okay. I'm only about like of the let's say the first eight seasons, only about, and there was eight members per cast. I would say of that group of people, there was probably about 12 to 13 that even had like their own Wikipedia page. Oh, I thought maybe survived. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all alive except for <laughs> except for Pedro. <laughs> Um, that's uh, that was one of the first ones I watched was San Francisco. They had Puck on there. He caused oh, all, the all the problems. Oh, yeah, Pedro had AIDS, so it was a <laughs> it was a big clash. Uh, so I, I was trying to th think of the ones I watched. San Francisco. I watched Los Angeles a bit. I watched Boston. My favorite character was this guy named Cyrus. Oh, I remember uh, Cyrus. Yeah, some of these names that you bring yeah. back. Uh, John John was on Los Angeles. He was like the cowboy that didn't know much. Uh, and then New Orleans, I had to watch because. Uh, the the RA for my dorm room floor, he was on New Orleans. Really? Yeah, he, he literally lived across the hall from me. Hmm. And he wasn't there like the whole semester because he kept making the next round and next round for real world yeah. uh, qualifying. And then he got chosen. Huh. Uh, David Broom was his name in, in New Orleans. Uh, now, is that all real? That was always my question. Is the real world actually real or was it was it partially scripted? Uh, I mean, he said like 90% is just like them doing what they want. Yeah. He, he yeah. really wasn't like an interesting character, so maybe they just never told him to do anything. Uh, but <laughs> then, you know, weird. New York had The Miz, the wrestler, The Miz. Yeah. He was on New York. And then Chicago had, um, I don't remember his last name, but Kyle. Uh, he was on Days of Our Lives, for those of you the soap opera watchers. But now he hosts um, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. So that's a jump. Like that's a, the, look at the Miz. Like he has his own <laughs> reality career, shows yeah. now, and he's yeah. a professional wrestler. And uh, so th those are a lot of the ones that I watch. And I'm like, I, I watch a lot of those episodes. I have to put that down as as number two for me. Um, and then number one for me, you be ashamed of me all you want, Jones. But but TRL. <laughs> I, I almost picked that one. Total Request Live. It was it was on every day when, right. when we were when we were younger. So you know, I, I remember just being in my dorm, sitting there like, "Hey, TRL on? Yeah, man, you want to switch over? Sure." And then we just we watched TRL every day. So it's funny because I was thinking of, of TRL initially, and that was like social media before social media too. It was request. When we were teenagers, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Twitter, or anything like this. Is how you got you could your call entertainment in and request, and then you could. You could somehow, you get on the internet, obviously, and try to request through there, but mm -hmm. 
that was about as interactive as we got yeah. with things, and and that's why TRL was was interesting. Yeah, uh, access to the celebrities. You had access. Was, they yeah. were they and there was always a celebrity on the show like every day. Right, you know? and they just had their their downtown New York uh, studio, which was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I did find out in in doing research, TRL, which you know Total Request Live, turns out many of the shows were pre-recorded. I'm sure Carson got busy. Yeah, the celebs, you, hey, she, you know, this celebrity can only be here. J Lo can only be here at like 10 a.m. Right. We should just tape it then. Right. <laughs> so get some crowds in here. I remember the kids like waiting on the street to try to get up in and right. be on the show, and they'd like right. interview them, and then mm -hmm. that would get their kids there like every day. It, it was ahead of its time. Yeah. Like I, I really did think it, uh, it was ahead of its time. Now, love him or hate him, Carson Daly? Uh, I respect him. You didn't have a polarizing opinion on him, though? No, I, I guess I liked him because I was a broadcast major. Okay. He was pretty consistent and, yeah, and pretty was. good at his job. And so I was like, I could do that. Like, And I think I'm funnier than him. I do respect him because, I mean, he, he had a hard job of appealing to every teenager in America. I yeah. want to say he was a little dry, though. I'm mean, like, he didn't Very really dry. have a sense of humor. Like, he relied on because, the other personalities to do that. But you're sacrificing that for a live show. Right. you yeah, got to have someone was, good. Like, yeah. Seacrest is the best. Yeah. Like, he... Love him or hate him, funny or not, whatever. He was he's good. Right. Like, he's I, American Idol's easy for him. Yeah. The voice is easy for Carson because they're good at those things. So right. as as a as a journalist, I respected those guys. Yeah. Another guy I have a lot of respect for uh, for different reasons is Exhibit and Pimp My Ride is oh, my number one. Pimp My Ride. Exhibit could do no wrong. He was a thug with a heart. Um, so essentially, if you're not familiar with the program, he would take old shitty cars and turn them into non-POSs. That's, that's what he did. Yeah. He would pimp people's ride, essentially. Uh, before pimp was a bad word, it was actually a good <laughs> word. When you said pimp my whatever, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, this thing ran for eight seasons and was unlike anything else on television. Yeah. I mean, he would flip cars, essentially. This was before yeah. HGTV had twin brothers doing that shit. <laughs> Exhibit was doing it on cars. He put... Like, uh, he would put incredible things like bubble machines oh, inside the like, cup holders and put be like, like whatever your interest robot was. arms on top of. Yeah. I mean, he he was a genius. Like I like dogs, it. and then there were like puppies in your backseat. <laughs> yeah. X to the Z. I mean, my man, he was making grown men's dreams possible. That, that's what Exhibit was doing. That's why I loved watching it. Uh, it did get into the later seasons where it came out that some of these were the renovations took longer than expected. They didn't happen in a few days. They actually took what? three to six months to do. All these spoilers. Yeah, all life ruined. <laughs> but when I was a teenager, I didn't know that. I was like, wow, magical transformation. I and it made me really like Exhibit. Yeah, he's like a I was like, guy. gosh, I need to hang out with him. I like, wanted his voice. Like, man. do you think he would hang out with me? Like, what a, what a cool guy. And then like, Pimp My Ride just became part of the vernacular right. of all the one-liners of people our age. Mm -hmm. So I had a recent trip to Seattle in which I spent four hours on a plane, uh, and I sat next to an incredibly annoying person. That made me think. Why don't we do a list of the worst people to sit next to on a plane that just make you dread the whole experience? Is this person on your list? One like, of these, it's not the name, but the, the type of person is on It is was on my, my wife. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That'd be a trip Tyler didn't know about. Uh, my, my number three, which was this person, is the snorer. Oh, yeah. So you go on a plane to have a quiet ride. Now, you might drift off yourself, but I it's do. one of those most awkward positions you can be put in in public. Is sitting next to a stranger you don't know. They're snoring. Should I wake them up? Should I not wake them up? I want to be comfortable, like but they're pretty comfortable right now. How how nice do I want to be? And so that's the position I was put in in, the, in this flight to Seattle. Was that could be a whole different ranking? Awkward positions. Ways to, to wake someone up. Oh, ways to wake them up. Like, 
<laughs> Excuse me. Got sorry. Got down. Oh, did I wake you? I'm sorry. Now, now, this person was a rather heavy sleeper, so no matter what turbulence we had or what announcements came over the loudspeaker, you were still didn't wake it. him up. Thankfully, he wasn't a drooler, so I didn't get it on my clothes, but at least, he, I mean, the snorer thing is one thing. Could always be worse, I guess. Jeez. Uh, so my number three is friends with everyone on the plane guy. Yo! Oh, hey, is that, is that a University of Michigan shirt? Go Wolverines! Oh, you coming back from Siesta Key? All right, high five, little kid. Hey, all right, stewardess. That guy. Don't want to be next to that guy. It just never ends. And then guess, guess what? When everybody walks by, who does he talk to next? You. Yeah. That's right. For the rest of the ride until someone else walks by. Friends with everyone on the plane guy. That's my number three. My number two... <laughs> well, can we stick on that real quick? Yes, we can. It, it's never a woman. Do you realize that like, it's always I, I over said friendly guy. guy? It's always over friendly guy. There's never. I wonder why that is. Like, well, let me get to number two. Overcompensate? I'll explain. Okay. Because I'll get to number two. Okay. It'll all be solved in your head. My number two is scared, ready to vomit, overreacting lady. That's my number two, is negative Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> scared, overreacting, ready to vomit lady. Hit a bump and she's like, oh, the plane's going down. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. We're going down. I, I'm okay. Can I put my feet over my head? Can I put my feet over my head? <laughs> Nearly all flights that I've taken, there's been somebody who looks outside the window, looks at the wing, and says, is that normal? <laughs> like, that's, that's the worst comment, because we all have the yeah, fears. Yeah, wing's supposed to be there, bro. We all have the fears deep down. We just don't want that echoed by somebody else. That's why Negative Nancy's on my list, is because deep down, I, I, every single plane ride I get on, is like, what if something happens? I don't need to hear that in... Don't talk in, about in, it. Yeah, in public. Don't I, talk I just about want it in my head. It might be, that might be my mom. She's a negative Nancy? Yeah, she'll, well, she tries to like pop all these pills and stuff to make her like, <laughs> I don't even know if it helps. I don't even know. Maybe it makes her overreact more and start hallucinating and seeing things. Is that supposed to be out there? Do you see something out there? Do you, do you take anything before a flight yourself? No. no. no, no not beer or no. liquor or nothing? nothing. I'll no, drink water, I'll put my pillow on, and mm -hmm. I'm out yeah, in like five it. minutes. See mm -hmm. you later. Yeah, planes are pretty comfortable for, for being... It's just because they're void of oxygen, ultimately, so, <laughs> so everyone sleeps well. Yeah, maybe the Nothing's getting to your like brain. <laughs> um, my number one, uh, along with being loud, is the baby. So nobody wants to sit by. We've this. had babies. That's true. I yeah, had a baby I, on a plane. I, I feel for those people Maybe. too. I apologize whenever I go into a plane and, and my kid cries. Like I'll just, uh, I'll give them the, the I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about it. But I don't like sitting next to it either. Now I, I get that they have to take the baby on the plane, um, but when the baby sleeps, it's perfect because there's like no sound out of them. But that's not atypical. I mean, the reason why it's a living nightmare is because you don't want to see a baby on the plane because <laughs> they cry all the time. Are, we're so hip. We're, we're hypocrites. We have baby. We've taken babies I on know, the plane. I, I don't want to be myself whenever I bring a baby I, but on the plane. I, I feel like now that I I have a kid or have had a kid, that I am more um, considerate, empathetic yeah. towards that person. Oh yeah. But then I feel like. Like, 55-year-old Tyler won't be anymore. Right. Because like I don't remember. I'm like, God, shut your kid up. Right. What's wrong with you? You're not a parent? Like, and it's always, was... it's always in their awkward position, too, whenever there is a crying baby. Like, who's going to say something first? That's, that's no one should. Kind of, just just I, let I it know. go. There's nothing you can do. There's, There's nothing that you can do. You so can't I, raise I do, someone else's kid. I do feel empathetic, but still, I don't want to sit next to him. So I tried to go unique for my number one, because that, that one definitely crossed my mind. But number one for me is loud eater. 
The loud eaters, they, they, brought their loud. Own, they brought their own snacks, yeah. you know, they get out their little shoe bag carry-on or even their like giant carry-on that shouldn't be on there. And they get out like their little baggies full of snacks and this like Fritos and mm -hmm. Funyuns and like... Just deafening outside the... Like Laffy Taffy. Like, <laughs> and you know, you're just, you're, just, loud <laughs> you're just hearing it, you know, and you just can't help but like hear the sound. That's a... People hate the sounds of eating. They really do. Yeah. Um, so that 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 person to me would just be like, uh, you know, it wouldn't. Especially in a, a confined space where you can't get away from. So them. what do you do? Yeah. Do you ask them for some so then you can <laughs> eat loud with them and then or, it's or take a, away some of their portions? Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I have <laughs> a couple? Can I have a couple Fritos? <laughs> and then your boat's just doing it, and now everyone on the plane's annoyed. Just stare at each other's eyes, munching on stuff. <laughs> Who can be louder? <laughs>